Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hello, welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast. Today I'm talking with Anya Dern, the co-founder of Altify and uh, Senior Director of Product and Marketing Agent, Nigel Coulton. How's it going, guys? Very well, Ronan. Great, nice to meet you, Ron. Great. Likewise, tell me a bit about your, about your backgrounds. I'll go first. I did computer science originally, but I've always been interested in technology from the point of view of what business problem does it solve. So after computer science, I went into consulting and since then have worked in a number of public and private companies where for a long time I was part of the sales motion, but didn't didn't own the number. And then finally was in an organization, um, a US software company where I owned the number. And that's really that's where my interest in sales and how we can improve the ROI on our investment and it started. Yeah, yeah. Um, myself, it's probably a bit more of a varied background. I actually started off as a, an actuary in insurance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did that for a couple of years. I like numbers, but uh, it got too much. So I actually moved over into to publishing, so print publishing, yeah. magazines. Uh, and from there, it was then sort of around the 90s when the internet started to, to begin to flourish that I moved over to Ireland and started a couple of uh, software companies around building web portals and working on mobile web technologies and did that for about 10 years, but uh, ended up moving into sort of product marketing with a, a sort of selling background and worked for a messaging company uh, and then moved over to Altify about three years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, I'm here with the Altify team now. Yeah, straight to WAP has gone back a long time. That's an old it's a long time, yeah. yeah. It was give me an exit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did okay. <laughs> Because I'm looking back now, what now the technology that was then used then is so it's so basic now you wouldn't even look at it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, I mean it, it was revolutionary at the time. I mean it, there were no smartphones then. Yeah. It was about how how to use um, technology to to really you know publicise things across mobile platforms. Yeah, uh, I mean smartphones didn't make a huge change in that because it was just a different way of doing it. Um, but certainly on the sort of commercial side, I've always been involved in the commercial aspects of it. But then really trying to explain how technology provides value to customers. Yeah. So that's you know that's how I got into product marketing. I guess it wasn't until the iPhone came out that that WAP was more or less out of well because you had a you had a, an opportunity of of using a website that looked the same as it did on a desktop. Yeah, I mean that's that's exactly how it happened. But I mean if you look at the, the evolution of the smartphones. You know the operating systems, and we'll probably talk a bit more about that later. The operating systems of all the smartphones are not really the technology and providers; they're the enablers. Yeah. So we we look at what we do very much as as providing value around applications uh, on operating systems. But uh, you know, it's it's an interesting synergy, I think. Yeah. So now tell me what Altify actually does. So Altify is all about accelerating the sales execution of really the world's best sales teams. So we work with the world's best B2B sales teams, whether it's companies like Autodesk, BT, any of the large telcos. And we help them, I suppose, win the deals that matter. We help them maximize the revenue from their existing accounts. We help guide all of their sales engagements. And in this post-CRM world, we help them make sure that all the information that they have and hold in Salesforce really adds value in all of their customer engagements. Yeah. And I think very specifically to that, our, our what we call our ideal customer profile we're involved with uh, enterprise customers, B2B landscape, but who have a complex sales environment. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, 
they whether they're customers of ours or you know our, our customers selling to their customers they're all very similar in nature that uh, you know they would be selling across very long uh, complex sales cycles nine months plus possibly to big sales teams they may have you know on some of our, our healthcare customers they may have 80 or 90 people on one account uh, but likewise their customers have that that sort of uh, volume of, of sales guys as well so you know it's complex selling uh, it's it's not the tradition uh, the transactional side of the business um, but as Anya said, um, you know, we, we made the decision a, a while ago, um, as we see CRM as, as table stakes, all of our customers have um, yeah. Salesforce, so we are our Salesforce premier partner. I guess over years, years ago it was door-to-door sales, then mm-hmm. it was phone, now it's online. Yeah, and, and this, is, um, this is very much the enterprise space. So if you think about it as one company trying to sell to another company. Yeah. So people always think about buying a car or whatever. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about somebody who's buying an entire network system for their organization, including voice, data, trans security, the yeah. whole thing. Or you're talking about some of, say, the big engineering companies who are making huge pieces to go with electric turbines or whatever it is. So it's those very large business decisions where really... If you make the wrong decision, if you buy the wrong thing, it has severe consequences for your business and for you personally. Yeah. So those kind of enterprise sales. Yeah, because I can imagine that years ago, if you're a big enterprise sales, it was harder to, to, to do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas now because it's online, it's easy to find something you can buy from. Oh, it's totally changed over the last couple of years. I mean, we started Altify back in 2005, and then it was really about how do we make sure that people get more value out of the training they were doing. But now... The way that people buy has changed and the way that people sell has to change to match yeah. that. So as you said, everybody can find out information on the internet. So what they want now is they want salespeople to come in who understand their problems, who know exactly what's going on in their industry, who know what their competitors are doing, yeah. who know the art of the possible in some cases. And that's what salespeople have to do now. They can't just, they can't just know about their product and solution. I guess every 10 years that's a change. Every or, 10 years. Or adapt exactly. or die because a yeah. new decade comes in and mm-hmm. what they used to use before is gone now. Well, you see it. Everybody is moving towards outcome-based yeah. selling. You know, people talk about customer first, but it's really outcome-based selling. It's okay, I have a customer. What are the outcomes they're trying to drive? How can we help them? Yeah. And that makes a huge difference to the, the companies that we, we support and that we provide value to. Because if you look at in the telco space, I mean... You know, for the last ten years, it, that's all been about uh, you know transactional sales and very much um, you know race to the bottom. I mean, they have been commoditized. Yeah. So when we work with with customers in the telco space, it's very much about teaching and and really is going back in and and supporting them to say the world has changed. Your your sellers can no longer just sell products; they need to think about value. Uh, so you know, we work with companies like BT who who had a problem with product based salespeople. You know, we know our specifications, we know our requirements, we can go in and sell that every day, but now their customers know that as well. They get all that information online. What they need is help. They need to go to a company that they can trust and say, here are our problems, how do you help us achieve these? What is the value you can bring to what we're doing? And very much what we do in Altify is provide that, that guidance and methodology to enable sellers to, to provide that value to their customers. Because you guess if, you, if they can tell their, their clients within minutes, if I fix a problem, it's going to mean they're going to get sales. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and the sales guys as well, I mean, they, they might be used to selling core telco, yeah. but that's not what they're selling now. They're actually selling cloud solutions. They're selling technology solutions. 
it's not what they imagined. It's certainly not what they were selling five, you know, not no more, not not ten years ago, but even five years ago, what they were selling was totally different. Yeah, but I guess because they're selling sales, they just have to modify what they're selling. They do. They not just what they're selling, but the way they sell. Yeah. Their whole approach to sales has to change. And then, as part of that, obviously, you know, sales was the last piece of the business infrastructure to get technology to support it. I mean, finance has had systems, marketing has had systems, but really sales had been left behind from a systems and support perspective. And that's where we fit in nicely. So we bring the methodology, we bring the technology, and we bring the guidance that your salespeople need. And also technology has come down in price, so it's easy for them to implement sales technology for them for their teams. Yeah. Yeah. But that and that's that's one of the issues that we've really seen and and part of the report that we'll talk about later. Um, you know, CRM has been around for how long? 15 years, 20 years. 20. Yeah. Um, you know, Salesforce is, is the dominant leader in that market space. The issue we we certainly see with our customers is that, you know, over the last 10 years they they thought buying a CRM solution was, you know, it was the silver bullet. If we have CRM, you know, our sales will go through the roof, we'll be fine. The issue with, with any CRM solution, whether it's Salesforce or others, is that it's historical data. So it's great for being able to forecast and look at data and so on to try and do some predictions. But in the sales space, it doesn't provide any value into, in terms of guided selling. So sales guys don't like using it because they see it as an admin tool. It adds no value to what they do during their day. It doesn't help sales managers with coaching and you know, yeah. trying, to, trying to provide the, the best support for their teams. Um, but it's gone further than that now, and we've we've seen it really over the last sort of five years, where, you know, the buzzword in, in the marketplace was digital transformation. So you know, everyone is on a digital transformation drive, whether it's telcos or healthcare, or even in manufacturing industries. I mean, yeah. we, we we work with Honeywell, uh, um, and you know, one part of their business is um, uh, the air conditioning and the HVAC, yeah. uh, the fire security sides. So you know, they're a massive company. They can they can ride lots of different waves. But what they've had to uh, overcome is that move to digital transformation and say, okay, so we're not just selling products anymore. And like we said earlier, it's about how do they provide value. And now in this subscription economy, they've changed their whole business model. So rather than just going in and selling an air conditioning system, they go in and do whole building monitoring and they sell it as a subscription service. The issue is that their sales guys have not caught up to speed with now what they're selling and how do they provide value around the service and solution that they provide to customers rather than I can sell you the latest you know, widget or whatever it yeah. might be. And I guess making sure the sales guys know whenever you bring out your product, they know right, right away what it is up to speed in that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I mean, that can be brought down to, and I think there are, there are some synergies with, I think there are new capabilities around sales enablement that will help companies do that. And sales enablement is, is a big area, you know, a good synergy for, for companies like us. Mm-hmm. But sales enablement is about producing those sales tools at the right time for the, the sellers in the right way. Where, where we go sort of broader than that is to understand if you're looking at an account and you're in an account-based selling motion, which, which most customers are nowadays, we know who we need to target, we know who our customer profile is, we know where, where we can provide value, yeah. then you're very targeted. And as the, the move towards um, account-based marketing ties in with account-based selling, then you, know, you end up talking to the same customers, but possibly the different people in those areas. So this was part of the whole evolution of, of customer revenue optimization. was this move to saying, we need to break down the silos between business development, marketing, sales, and others, because we're all talking to the same customers at the same time. We should be talking about the same problems that they have and coming up with the same outcomes to provide value to them. Mm-hmm. So CRO, you know, as we've seen, and we're pioneering in this new category, 
that's what uh, customer revenue observation is uh, is to drive is to is to break down those silos and have the whole revenue team involved in yeah. helping helping a customer. Yeah, it's no longer the responsibility of the sales guy. It's the responsibility of the whole revenue team, and that's that's everybody. It's legal. Yeah. It's finance. It's customer support. It's it's the full team. You want to make sure that everybody who interacts with the customer is working from the same data, is aware of all the other engagements that are going on, so the customer never has to repeat themselves. Never, never experiences two sales guys from different parts of the organization yeah. trying to sell them different things at the same time, that everybody is synced up. Because I've heard of guys in the past trying to sell some new products and they were told, oh, your colleague yeah. tried to sell us that already. Yeah. The healthcare industry, I mean, Nigel mentioned them earlier and you would have six, seven, eight salespeople from one organization trying to sell to the same hospital. Yeah. And just, you know, it just infuriated the buyers. That's really what it did. So, and it's not even just the sales professionals, it's the support guys. If the support guys know what's happening, they should feed that information back to sales. If your customer success people are to be successful, they should be constantly feeding information back so that everybody gets value out of the information captured. Nobody thinks it's just an admin task. Because yeah, I guess if you're told you with a client, they say to us, we're not ready for, for this year because our budget's been spent, mm-hmm. call us next year. Mm-hmm. And then a month later, another sales guy from the same company calls up yeah. and they've been really told not to do that. Yeah, no, so frustrating. I yeah. mean, it's really important that everybody on the team is putting the customer first and that they understand that the customer is at the centre of all the functions within the sales organisation. So as I said, right from pre-sales all the way through to customer success and support and that the sales, sales is a hard part of it, but it's one part of it. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, but also probably the main part of sales because if that's, that's when you promote your, your company or mm-hmm. what you're selling. So that's, if that doesn't go well, then you know it's going to really but that's that's the point uh, the sell is the point where you turn a prospect into a customer yeah. mm. but the point in in today's modern subscription yeah. economy is that you can't have that customer and you know it's not one and done so it's not about how many products can I sell to this customer yeah. anymore it's about how can I really produce value and become a, a trusted partner and that I can work with this customer for the next 7, 10, 15 years and with some of the, the companies that we deal with and the scale that, we, that their customers are at they may have customers for 20 years so it's not really the technology to say, uh, we know what we haven't sold you. It's more about opening up this ecosystem across the revenue team to say, well, if, if the selling part of the ecosystem is when you turn a prospect into a customer, there's lots of data there. And that's where we come in with being able to surface data and have guided selling, but look at people and problems. <clears throat> but what we see more and more with our customers when we speak to them is they say, okay, so we have all this data, but how can we use this data for our marketing teams or for our business development teams? Or once the sellers happen, how do we use it for our customer success teams? And this is really where the, the, the new category of CRO comes into, is to say, let's, let's open up these gateways, and that's something that we'll, we'll start to do mm-hmm. um, this year with Altify 2020, yeah. but start to work with partners that have, or potential partners, who provide solutions in other siloed areas to sort of move away from that. You know, if you look at ABM, ABM is a standalone solution. You buy in your MarTech stack, a, cu- a big customer will be going, I'll spend you know, X amount of my budget on, on marketing technology this year. I'll spend some on, on sales technology. I'll spell, spend some on um, customer success technology. The issue is that they still none of them talk together. So you've still got three different divisions in your company who are dealing with one customer who don't talk to each other. Yeah. And what we're trying to do with CRO is, is bring that sort of ecosystem together to say, well, if you're already using 
you know, in Gazio, if you're already using Gainsight, you know, we can partner with these with these solution providers and provide some of the sales data, or equally start bringing in some data, you know, like NPS scores yeah. from from Qualtrics, and bring it into our application, so that it becomes much more valuable. So what what we're not trying to do is say that we can build everything for everyone, because you know we are a very niche part, but a very important yeah. part of the enterprise sales ecosystem. But we are saying that it needs to be brought across the whole revenue team. So we need to start partnering with you know, some, some of the potential some of the partners, our customers. Class, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So we'll start to do that in, in October this year. Conversations have already happened. We've already done uh, dealings with Tableau, who are a customer and the partner. We're looking at our plan and workday, again, both customers and partners, <clears throat> to really provide that whole holistic view of a customer. Not only just from a, well, we sell enterprise-level solutions to them, but uh, how do we treat them as a customer and provide value across the whole ecosystem of the revenue? Yeah, I guess you make each customer is tailor-made. So when you deal with the customer, customer A will have different needs than customer B. So you make sure they get what they want and you don't sell what they don't need. Yeah. And also, I mean, you spoke earlier about how people have more information available. They can search on the internet. I mean... Or we do research every year into you know what the trends and, and the issues facing pe- uh, buyers are. And what's consistent over the last couple of years is that people value the opinion of peers far more than any other source of information when they're making big enterprise buying decisions. So we used to talk about the customer lifetime value, but now we talk about the customer network value. So again, it's even more important that the the whole revenue team is all joined up in their approach to that customer so that when that customer speaks to others, they're going to have nothing but good things to say about you. Yeah, because I guess if your peers are more or less saying that your product is good, yeah. then they're going to stick with that because it's something they know they can trust. Product, service, implementation, aftercare, pricing, legals, the whole lot, exactly. They Then they know that you're a company that puts them first. Now, I know that you guys are based on the Salesforce platform. Mm-hmm. Can you a bit more about that? Well, this is the decision we made back in 2012 when we rewrote our application from scratch to make it native on Salesforce. So yeah. native on Salesforce is more than on the Salesforce platform or integrated Salesforce platform. It's actually embedded into your Salesforce system. And we looked at that because Salesforce were getting more and more market share of the enterprise space. Yeah. And for a customer, you want, that, you want that peace of mind that all your data stays within your Salesforce org. It doesn't leave. There's no infosec. There's no security. There's no APIs. There's no transfers. Yeah. It's all within your org. From our perspective, it means we only work with Salesforce customers, but that's a big market, yeah. so we don't feel we don't feel limited by that. But um, but yet, so since two thousand and twelve, and obviously it also meant that Salesforce themselves could be a customer, and they're a great reference to have. So, um, so I don't think we've any regrets. No, and I think it makes it easier in discussions with customers or prospects mm-hmm. that if they are a Salesforce customer and there are capabilities that they want either from from Altify in the sales environment or you know marketing or business development or whatever. If they know that it's a native application, then all their worries should be gone. Yeah. I mean, they really should be not looking at any uh, endpoint solution software because you know a- any any company that provides software can come in and say, "Yes, we you know we're uptime ninety nine point nine percent, and you know our security is second to none, and blah 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 blah." Which one of those customers can say that they've got the security and you know and uptime availability of Salesforce? Salesforce is a multi billion dollar company, mm-hmm. so we've got that as backing. So you know when we start to talk to prospects or or our customers about you know potentially other partners, you know we would always say unless it's native, you shouldn't be considering it. I guess you can just turn a key and you're, you're 
It's like so Is simple. There? It's a managed package. Yeah. It takes your average Salesforce admin 30 minutes. Like yeah. it's, it's very simple. The other advantage you get, Nigel was talking about how all these best of breed products will work together in the future. So at least if the data is in Salesforce, it doesn't matter whether it's data from Altify or from somewhere else, it can all be reported on. Yeah. So from a customer, it breaks down those walls. The other advantage for us is that it means we work very closely with the Salesforce product management teams. So we're always involved in their beta releases and you know we all, we're always working on use cases with them for whether it's analytics or whatever whatever they're working on at the time. So it gives us it basically gives us a great opportunity to make sure that our customers again have another reason to get the most out of their investment in Salesforce and in Altify. Yeah. And I think we can mention on that, but we, we might come up to it later in the, the future of what we're doing. But um, Einstein is a, is a big development from, from Salesforce. Yeah. So their, their AI engine, uh, as a part of a Salesforce uh, premier partner, we get full access to all of their yeah. new technologies. But we can talk to you more about that. Yeah, because I mean, the AI stuff, I guarantee that that's going to become more and more uh, standardized. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we have been, it's funny because we've been embedding AI into our solution since the word go, since 2006, but obviously it's got far more sophisticated. And now, as Nigel said, you know, if we can provide signals and, and read signals from Einstein, that's really going to increase the power further. So it's very much about using all of the investment that Salesforce are making and making that available to our customers as well and yeah. augmenting it to make it even more powerful. Yeah, and I know you. You also uh, you work with uh, you use your customer revenue obligation, also known as CRO. How does that work? So, I mean, that, that is the sort of evolution of, of where we think this this marketplace is going. So, as we said earlier, um, you know, w- whether we were categorised before as sales training or sales enablement or enterprise selling, um, there are lots of different sort of uh, synonyms and nouns of of what we do, but. As we've been doing this for the last five years, what we have realized from talking to customers and talking to potential partners, as we mentioned, it's much more than just a selling function. It needs to be across the revenue team. And the only way really to start this movement, we call it a movement, and, and as a pioneer of that, is to come up with a new category to say, okay, so this, this is about providing value to the customer. This is, this is about revenue optimization for you as a customer, but selling to your customers as well. It's not about how much money we can make, but how we make you successful. So that customer revenue optimization is about the strategy and the methodology and the technology in, de- in delivering CRO. Yeah. And our part of that really is about enabling all of the sales team, no, all of, all of your employees um, to, to provide value and, and generate new opportunities. So, you know, we kind of, and we kind of referenced it at the start there, we look at it as the operating system for the revenue team. Yeah. So where CRM is, is the operating system for data, then we're going above that. You, you have to have CRM. You know, that's that's the data store. And as Oni just mentioned there, Salesforce is, is probably the best one, which is why we partner with them. But that's table stakes. It's If you look at the way Salesforce operates, they've developed a great platform and they're bringing in new partners like Einstein or new applications. Um, but they have an app exchange. So they know they have the data and that it's the most secure and you know they ensure they can get market audience. Yeah. But everything that sits on, on top of that is an application. So what we've come up with is customer revenue optimization to move this across the revenue team, start to open that, up that ecosystem and work with different uh, solution providers in different categories, but bring it under one umbrella. So that when we talk to a customer who may already have Altify and they say, who should we use for data analytics? 
we've got an open API to Tableau, we've got an open API to business intelligence, whoever it might be, we can work with some of your partners. We're, we're here to make it easier for them to, to use their sales data, yep. but equally as part of a category, we'd like to see partners who are under the CRO umbrella you know, and a plan on Workday. If you're using business intelligence and you need a good sales tool, you need to talk to Altify. Or if you're, you know, if you're a customer success and you're using Gainsight, then you know, all of your customer success application could come through us. But if you work with Altify or use Altify, then we can use your sales data and pump it straight into Gainsight. So customer revenue optimization is sort of the, the banner headline as, as operating system for your revenue team. Yeah. We are the sales part of that silo, but that ecosystem needs to be much bigger. So we can't be a category of one, there's <laughs> yeah. no point. So we're starting to open up our, our APIs in 2020, and we've already started working with partners like LinkedIn. So we have sales navigator integration, uh, Tableau. So our, our account plans are now viewable on, on Tableau applications. We're talking to Gainsight and Anaplan and Workday and others. Um, but we want everyone talking the same language because we all feel the same that it's the customer is first. Yeah. And how do we provide value to that customer across that whole ecosystem, not just sales or marketing or business development? Yeah, I mean, we want every <coughs> customer interaction, basically, to drive value. So regardless of who in the organization it is, they should all drive value. They should all move the customer along towards those business outcomes that they originally stated and they're still trying to achieve. And they should make everybody, all employees, part of the revenue team. Everyone should feel responsible for, for the customer and putting that customer first. And then, of course, that will then drive predictable growth yeah. in revenue but it really is about making sure that all those interactions are valuable and that you're you're getting you know all the time and effort you've invested on putting information into your CRM system it's now actually being used to guide selling and provide benefit and improve customer interactions yeah there you spoke about our report you did with Argonne research can you talk more about that yeah so we we I can't say we launched the category. We pioneered the category because we can't be category of one back in February of, of this year. Yeah. Um, and we were approached by Aragon Research, who are a, a leading tech firm over in the States. Uh, their background, I, I believe, is really sort of around the CRM, uh, but they, they're quite specialists in some areas like sales enablement. But they had done some, some research over the last 10 years in, in those sorts of fields, but started to feel that, as, you know, as we have been talking about, CRM was not providing the, the value that the users needed yeah. yes it was managing the data they started to look at sales enablement i think we had come up in some some sales enablement uh, ecosystems mm -hmm. because it's difficult to categorize unless you yeah. create a new category um but what they were essentially saying was um and i'll read this piece because this is how they it, it's their research so they describe customer revenue optimization as a new category that automates the selling process into a set of definable actions that sales reps and sales managers need to take to win deals, grow accounts, and maximize revenue for new business, as well as upsell, cross-sell, and manage renewals in an account. So that's very specific to what we do in that field, because this ecosystem is just starting now. So they have seen where, um, already in, in their dealings with sales enablement companies, how we could partner together. So sales enablement is about producing content at the right time for sellers to discuss with uh, their customers. Now, we could very quickly work with some of those sales enablement solutions as part of the bigger ecosystem and start plugging in. So where we, uh, where our solutions really focus around the sales process and account planning and opportunity management, so all the methodology integrated into the Salesforce platform for coaching and guiding of those capabilities, yeah. we could start to work with you know, sales enablement providers to say, okay, if you're at this stage in a sales process with an opportunity that looks like this, 
in uh, you know this environment, so mid-market sales, then this is the piece of content that your cus- your company has said you should be using. So that can automatically you know potentially be plugged in through an API into, into our application. But that's where Aragon came in and started to look at this and have said, okay, so we've now seen that you know CRM is is the platform, sales enablement is a capability, as is you know what we provide to to our customers. Mm-hmm. But a new umbrella heading that could bring this ecosystem together is going to be the way forward. And they've done some research on it. Um, so I'll just read again. So this new guided selling approach designed to help salespeople and the extended revenue team take a strategic approach um, is no longer a miss, but a critical part of a deal. According to the guys that wrote the Port Aragon research, the market for CRO solutions, so the category that we're, you know, we're pioneering, Will be uh, worth just over three three, 3 billion uh, US dollars by twenty twenty four, growing an aggressive thirty nine percent CAGR. So they've seen the market, they've seen the evolution, they've seen other areas or other smaller categories, very specific categories, start to grow. But as we start to talk about them and some of the partners that we're bringing in and the way that we can see the market expand through an ecosystem. Mm-hmm. they become very excited about it. Yeah. And it's not just them. I mean, they, they have written their own report, which I think is good. Um, they're, they're calling it um, uh, well, pioneering in new customer revenue optimization. Um, but we've, we've spoken with many analysts over the last couple of months. Uh, Jerry Cox at Ovum, so mm-hmm. that's, that's a yeah. European one. And, and, and his quote was, customer relationship manage- management is yesterday's story. Yeah. So he's on the, the customer engagement side of, of their practice. Yeah. Um, so he's already seeing that, that synergy of, of opening up this ecosystem and, and stop shutting it down to divisions in a company. Um, Jerry Brown from IDC Europe. Uh, another one he's on so his his field of research is CX experience so customer experience so we would be a smaller part of that but he he knows the selling uh, side of the business Um, and his latest research says it correlates with Altify's latest CRO benchmark in delivering one clear message enterprises today risk losing the precious customers their precious customers if they are not mapping their marketing and sales efforts to buyers needs and buying processes so he's already in agreement that that it's about the revenue team and providing that that holistic value to a customer yeah. rather than saying, well, you know, I'm a marketing team, you should buy my MarTech, I'm a sales team, you should buy my sales technology and all of the other departments and then all attack one customer at the same time. So it's yeah. about bringing this all together through this ecosystem of customer revenue optimization, starting with sales as the point of, of, of change from prospect to customer and then working across that, that t- entire spectrum. Mm. They do see it as well as the start of technology really strategy and technology being brought to the sales team yeah. you know they've seen what's happened in marketing they've seen what's happened in finance but sales had been left behind and really this this is part of sales getting the strategy the methodology and the technology they do to be highly effective every day yeah. and to put their customers first yeah i guess so and also uh, what's next for you guys well, exciting times ahead. Obviously, the launch of the new category has been amazing. Yeah. We've launched in North America and EMEA now. And we're working very hard on our Altify 2020, which is really the release of the product that will bring a lot of this to life. I mean, many components are already known to our existing customers, but Altify 2020 will be a game changer because it will be more open, it'll have more AI, it'll have better UX. So really looking forward to that. And that's where we really start to bring in or, or open up the opportunity in the, the API platform to bring in other data or export data. Yeah. 
Um, so, you know, as we mentioned before, it could become just a Tableau or Workday or Anaplan or other, or other solution providers that our customers might be using. We can surface the signal data that we have or indeed import their data to make the, 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 the category of, of CRO even more useful. But we kind of touched on it earlier, things like, um, so the Einstein platform from Salesforce. I mean, they put in, you know, their billions of dollars investment into, you know, what is the future of, of sales and, and artificial intelligence. Now, we've always looked at it as artificial intelligence in the sales environment is going to be an issue for transactional sales. I mean, yeah. it could essentially replace transactional sales. And potentially that might be the right way to go for some type of selling. You know, if, it, if it's one-to-one, if it can be done online, uh, you know, why don't you automate that process and use some clever data analysis and, and AI to do that? But in the in the ecosystem or the environment that we're in, in enterprise sales, it's about relationships. It's about people and problems and understanding context and insight. So AI as the data part will always be useful, but we, we not shy away, but we don't want to say that we've got AI for sales guys. Yeah. We augment sales guys. So we'll provide you with the relevant data and insight directly in the application that will guide your, your selling process, yeah. but we're not going to tell you how to do it. Part of the methodology that we provide in the application will help you to follow the next steps to do the right things, but it's about building relationships and understanding problems, and that has to be the human touch. Yes. So with, with new things like um, um, Einstein, mm-hmm. we, we get access to applications like uh, natural language processing. We get access to uh, you know voice automation. So we can start to see how we can uh, enhance, enhance our technology. So for instance, uh, part of our capabilities is something we call an insight map. And it's really breaking down over, you know, whether it's at an account level, uh, an opportunity level, or a personal level, what are the, pe- what are the pressures and the initiatives, obstacles, and, and the goals that you're trying to achieve for, for whatever yeah. it is. And the role of a sales guy at the enterprise level is to really, really understand each of those key areas. And, and oftentimes, to go back to the, the people they're dealing with and explain it to them. These are the things you should be concerned with. When, you know, when our sellers sell to, to customers, they ask us for best practice. And that's what we're, you know, as part of our software, we're helping to coach other customers to do the same thing. But as part of that insight map, natural language, natural language processing, we could start importing um, company reports and it could, it could automatically build those insight maps. So it will recognize what, what a pressure is and what an initiative is. It will start to pull that data in and say, you know, the, the, the pressure is that uh, the market share, capital share has gone down by 3%. The initiative is to grow new business in LATAM or something like that. So with natural language processing, we could potentially, we've already tried mm. some uh, pilot programs around that, it could automate all this for us. So if we can, if we can use AI and um, you know, Einstein applications to remove the administration that sales guys have to do yeah. so they can spend more time selling, so much the better. But we're not going to... We're never going to go in and say AI is going to be able to replace you because it's about that human contact. Well, also they say you know that there's going to be an awful lot of jobs. I remember there was a report, death of a salesman, that said there was going to be a yeah. huge number of jobs lost by 2020. But they're not in the segment that we address. So the segment we address, which is B2B enterprise, is the one segment of salespeople that's predicted to grow by 10% because that's where big, big buying decisions are made and you've got to have somebody who understands your business and can help you make that decision. Because if you're dealing with a small SME, they're going to have maybe one, ten employees yeah. and when they're going to be doing sales thing online, they'll be, AI will, will get them with yeah. the ones. 
because the order is going to, isn't going to be that big. Where yeah. if you're dealing with a, a multi-million dollar a year order, yeah. that can't be done by AI alone. No, no. You, you absolutely need somebody who's going to guide you, who's going to inform you, who's going to you know, make sure that the, the risk, you're, you're taking the risk out of that decision because you know exactly what you're getting into and what it's going to be like. And as I said, you know, the, the enterprise B2B sales segment is predicted to grow by at least 10%. And that makes sense. Yeah. So what we can do, as Nigel said, is we can give sellers back more time. We can get rid of some of the administrative stuff. We can take out some of the you know, literally what they would call box checking at the moment. Yeah. So they can sit there and actually strategically think about their customers. And, and I think the next evolution in that, you know, as part of this Sierra category is that that sellers and marketing people and business development will, will move into more of a revenue team department. Yeah. You know, we're seeing it in the States yeah. now and we call this CRO for CROs. Mm-hmm. You know, the majority of our US customers would have CRO as head of sales and marketing. Yeah. You know, the chief revenue officer. We, we've seen it less here. But certainly, you know, Worldwide Sales is working with head of marketing and so on. And we see that that role changing as well because it's going to change the team. So sellers cannot just be sellers on yeah. their own. They need to work with marketing and other, other divisions. And earlier you were saying about there's going to be jobs that go in certain sales areas. So I guarantee you those jobs could move over. Those guys could then move over to do their... Absolutely. Exactly. The enterprise level selling. Yeah. There's also, you know, you've seen all the research recently which says, you know, there's no such thing as a job. It's a series of tasks. And some of the tasks will be automated, but the job itself will flex and change. And, you know, it's, it's exciting times. And I think everybody's role will hopefully improve for the better. See, for me, I'm looking right now with technology. There's jobs that you're doing day-to-day, which is like abnormal admin, which is boring, yeah. and where you make mistakes. Yeah. If AI machine learning can come in and pull all this data in and make sure there's no mistakes and leave you to do what you're going to do. In. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. No, if we can do the bit which involves the thinking and understanding what's going on in the world and the customer's business and their competitors yeah. and stop worrying about filling in some of the other stuff that would really help. Because the worst one thing in the world is paperwork. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> paperwork or, yeah, some salespeople will say, or filling in their repetition. CRM system. Yeah, yeah, exactly. repetition. So we need to get rid of that and, um, yeah, and focus on the value add. Yeah. You know, and also there's nothing worse at the moment than salespeople know something and then they have to repeat it so the customer success people need know it and then they repeat it for the support people. Take out all of that. And just make sure that everybody's focused on the customer and on making sure that they're adding value. And also make sure you use less buzzwords in jargon and yeah. use the words they want to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I've seen it over the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it should just be how can we help yeah. solve problems you have. And the ideal scenario would be basically uh, we're here to help. What's your problem? Where's the solution? Yeah, and we would say, you know, that people should actually know a lot about the customer's problems before they ever go in. Yeah. You know, we should know enough about the industry, we should know about what's going on in their market, we should know enough, we should have done enough research about their business beforehand, and we should have interviewed different people so that you start to triangulate a picture so that before you go to talk to any key decision maker, you're going, this is what I already know, what else, what else is going on that I'm unaware of? Because, you know, it's up to the seller and to the full revenue team to make sure that, They've done enough homework that when they get that first meeting, they get invited back for a second meeting because the customer sees that spending time with them was valuable. And also the customer then knows that you know enough about them. Yeah. Well, it shows you've, you've taken an interest. Yeah. You know, you've done your homework. You've taken the time to do the groundwork, and that's so important. And that's, that's just a big part of our, our methodology yeah. in what we provide. Uh, you know, something like 62% of first, first meetings never progress. Yeah. yeah. It's because sellers are still in the role of 
what do you need? What can I sell you? Because they're not thinking about the customer and providing that value because mm-hmm. they're not talking across the wider revenue team to say, you know, what's of interest? What marketing uh, information do we have? What reports do we know? How do we build an insight map to call on a, a potential customer and say, we've worked with people like you before. We know what problems they face. Is there anything we can help you with? Or you can go then and tell them, basically, we've gone through data and what, you've, what you're doing and we think this, this is what you could be facing, yeah. the wise and this is how we have to solve it. And more trying to do they go, well. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they expect you to ask them a question, but you're telling them. Exactly. Rather than telling you, which means more chance you're going to be with them long term. I know, and here's the opportunity. In, in most cases, it's here's the opportunity you're missing. You know, every day when you're not executing at your best, this is the money you're leaving on the table. And if you were to cut that out, look at the size of the opportunity. Yeah, or if you could say, for example, like, how yeah. much form you're going to fill in these days? How many hours are you wasting yeah. a year doing these forms? Yeah. When your staff could be doing something else, getting you more revenue. Yeah. How many deals are you chasing that you're never going to win? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, how many times, where do you make most of your money from new business or existing customers? I mean, this is how we help customers with, with our technology yeah. is to really get in depth in thinking about their accounts and their opportunities. And that's what we do. And I guess if they know, they're going to meet the meeting, know within two minutes, they're not going to make a deal. No. They know when to, they know when to cut short and walk so I'm sorry, but I don't think we have a system that can help you guys. Yeah. And that's it. And you can walk away and oh, that's, I mean, two, two minutes for it's not two hours. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we shouldn't. I mean, we shouldn't be engaged with anybody. And no no enterprise seller should be engaged with someone who's not in their ideal customer profile, who they can't help yeah. in the first place. So you should have done all of that beforehand because, um, yeah, as Nigel said, time and, and salesperson time is one of the most expensive commodities every organisation yeah. has. And it can often take you know, twice as long to lose a deal than it can yeah. to win one. Yeah. So if you can get out and save half the time... Yeah, then you know that's about good. good communication up front and can we provide value to you yeah, my, and a lot of our customers come to us because they want to start winning bigger deals right? yeah. so, and they can only do that if they stop bidding on some of the smaller ones or if they stop bidding on the ones that they're not going to win so they need to get really strict so that they're focusing all the resources on those deals they can win and it's so tempting to go, oh, but this one's great. We should have a go at this one as well. And it's like, no, just stop that one now. Everyone focus here. And then you actually, your, your overall return is much higher, yeah. even though you're working on fewer deals because your win rate is higher. Maybe thinking the small deals will involve less work in the long term. Yeah, it never does. No. It never does. It never does. I think never guy said that. And then in the long yeah. term, it doesn't because the customer then... We want more things than they're offering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, there's we've we've long established there's no such thing as a a quick small deal nope. or a long big deal. A deal is a deal, and you just want to make sure that you're working the right deal for your organisation and for that customer, and that when you're working it, you 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 work it as efficiently and as effectively as possible, so that you're both in alignment. And that you maximise the revenue from that deal. I mean, both the long-term value and the immediate short-term value. I guess the bigger the deal, the more chance you are of selling more options. Yeah, yeah, hopefully. But this this is, you know, this is what Altify provides and this Mm -hmm. is the the methodology baked into the technology Mm -hmm. is that everyone should be following, you know, through Salesforce, the methodology that we put through around the sales process and opportunity management and account planning. 
And that's that's what we teach, that's what we sell, that's what our users use every day yeah. so that yeah. they don't come across those problems. So that they only win the they only chase the deals that matter, the ones that they can win, mm-hmm. they, they grow revenue in existing accounts the right way, they look at future opportunities and they follow a sales process because we know that, you know, it's probably the top ten percent of sales guys producing most of the revenue. Yeah. So let's get the other ninety up to those levels. So take the processes that they follow. Uh, automate it, or not yeah. automate it, but um, operationalize it, yeah. uh, and have everyone have the same guided selling process. Yeah, and I guess also you you know, you're letting them know basically which you, which deals will one come through, so they're not going to not to waste time. Yep. Well, it's, and you also you end up with some consistency and some objectivity. You know, mm. I could look at a deal, and Nigel could look at a deal, and we might view them through different lenses. Whereas what we provide people as part of the strategy and methodology is a consistent evidence-based way yeah. of assessing a deal. So it doesn't matter whether it comes across Nigel's desk or my desk, the outcome for the organization will be the same. Yeah. And everybody knows then it's a fair allocation of resources, it's consistent. And as I said, it, it, you know, one, you're working with a customer that can benefit from working with you. And two, you're putting your own resources in the right place. And the only really, really successful way to do that, and this is customer revenue optimization, is to have those conversations with the revenue yeah. team. Yeah. You know, Anya and I can have sales conversations all day. But if we don't involve, you know, marketing or business development or customer success, then you might be missing strategic customers or conversations that people have had or relationships that you can use to support these types of deals. So, you know, throughout the whole process and as part of our our applications, um, we call them tests and improves, but it's it's reviewing and improving uh, opportunities and deals. Mm -hmm. And I guess also you can, um, your your, uh, competitors are making these mistakes and why shouldn't you make them? Yeah, absolutely. It's like, so this is you, this is your competitors. In your own view, how do you think they're going to approach this? Okay, are they, do they have better executive alignment than you do? Well, if that's the case, what are you going to do about it? In every single case, it's like, you know, be very clear and be very objective about how you stand versus your competitors. Yeah. And then what's the action you're going to take to address it? So. And those actions, you know, like we say, don't aren't necessarily all for the sales guy. Yeah. No. They're for the wider revenue team. Yeah. You know, I need support from marketing. I think business development should look at this. Mm-hmm. This is an existing customer. What's our NPS score on customer success for these guys? Is this something? Is this an opportunity we can win? Yeah. Yeah, because I guess for me, it's all about teamwork, and you're all you're all basically a big team business one network put together. You're one big team, and if, if none of that network is pulled together, then you get problems. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just completely anecdotally, I mean, lots of our customers do really amazing things where their systems engineers are helping their salespeople understand the customer. But here we had an example where I was going to see a customer and one of, well, one of Nigel's team, who would be on the creative side, was out doing a foundation event. She was out doing a bag packing at Tesco's for Make-A-Wish. And she came back and she had met somebody from one of our customers who had told her there was a big reorg going on and... You know, it had an impact on the sales team and blah, blah. So then the next time I went to see them a week later, I already knew all about this. But it's just that level of awareness and interest and curiosity and cooperation that then means the customer doesn't have to waste 15 minutes explaining to me what's happening. It's like, I know somebody was packing a bag in Tesco and I already know about that, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, we've got our sources. Exactly, we have have sources everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, and that is it. I mean, that to me is the example. I mean, 
you know, I expect, I, I'm very spoiled and I expect my customer success team to work very closely with the sales team. I expect our, our legal and finance teams to be completely engaged and they always are. But when somebody who officially wouldn't be anything mm-hmm. to do with customers or revenue knows that this could be important and it could be important to how we interact with that customer, I think that's really impressive. Yeah. Anything else about the podcast? No. So, no, I mean, it's it's been, you know, Really interesting to talk to you, yeah. absolutely. Um, I think, you know, if any of your listeners are, are in this market space, you know, in, in enterprise sales and, you know, are having any problems, you know, come talk to us. If there are any of your listeners that are, you know, in the solution space and think that they could fit into the ecosystem, you know, we'd love to talk. Um, but, you know, it's been very interesting and good fun. Yes, thank you. How would they find you guys? Oh, you're very good. Well, so we are at www.altify.com and you'll see us on the App Exchange if you're a Salesforce customer. And we have an office on Mount Street above Bordbia and we're also obviously, um, we have offices in San Francisco or San Jose and Atlanta and London as well. But um, please have a look at the website. I think that's the easiest way. It's the easiest way. That's great. Nigel and Ronnie, thanks so much for that. Thank you, Ronan. Thank you, Ronan. Thanks.